When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. finish that we're a pg-13 show um anyways hey uh good morning this is devin ellington at the ale 7 on twitter and this is a hoop ball presentation hoop-ball.com hoop ball gaming or hoop ball tweets on twitter i know i know not a whole bunch of explosive gumption and excitement on that intro there but it's early it's early and you're listening to this early for your Saturday college football insight. And then you'll probably turn around and listen to it again on Sunday early. So I can't be sitting there yelling at you guys first thing off the bat, as exciting as it is, you know. Some of y'all might be hungover on Friday or Sunday or Saturday or whatever day it is that you listen to this. I'm recording it about midnight on Friday here in the central part of America, what we call the Midwest. Like I said, I'm D.A. Yelly, Devin Ellington, 007. This is a hoop all gaming presentation. And it wouldn't be anything without our sponsor, Manscaped hooking our listeners up with a phenomenal promo code discount. All you got to do is use HoopBall20 over at Manscaped.com. You're going to get 20% off and free shipping on the brand new Lawnmower 3.0, fully electric, fully waterproof, because the shower is the place to do it. Use HoopBall20. H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 in order to receive your free shipping and 20% off of that lawnmower 3.0. Manscaped, Hootball 20. Do it. It's easy. You save money on a wonderful product. And it's awesome that we sent you. They like that. They do. Well, guys, without being too long-winded on the intro, it's a little too late for all that now, but um, like I said, I'm Devin, Devin Ellington. I'm going to be doing this one solo. This is a Football Friday episode, a very special edition. I'm going to break down every single college game. I'm going to break down every NFL game. 
And I know, I know, I know you're going to say, Ooh, well you and Ira and Russ, you know, you had a wonderful football episode this Friday during the afternoon, but you know, I'm an overachiever and I want to tell you all about the teams of which probably didn't get covered earlier. I want to make sure to lock in some last minute market stuff or some insights for things that I'm seeing. The BYU Louisiana Tech game finished up and there are some things about that game that stuck out to me. First and foremost, BYU is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Don't sleep on that defense. I tweeted it out, but uh, if this was a normal season and their normal schedule, which had a pretty strong strength of schedule, would have held intact and Zach Wilson was going to do the things that he's doing right now, this could be a dark horse college football playoff team. I, I, I still like Zach Wilson's very, very dark horse chances at the Heisman. I don't think it's going to happen because they had to cut a lot of that competitiveness out of their schedule in order to tolerate what we know as COVID-19. So, with that being said, BYU covered the 24 points against Louisiana Tech. The back door was wide open for the last four minutes, but, you know, Louisiana Tech decided we're going to take Luke Anthony out their starting quarterback, and then we're going to put this freshman, sophomore kid in here who can't hit a crosser with 20 yards of yak in front of him and just decides to pull the ball down and run and do this and that. So needless to say, my first half over 33 hit, but my full game Louisiana Tech plus 24 did not. Like I said, BYU. They're pretty pretty good. They play UTSA next. So look for them to maybe cover the first half next week. I don't even have any lines or anything for that. Just observation. Some of the first looks that I took a look at for the college football slate, obviously I talked to them a little bit nauseum about them this week. Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers, or the Teal Cox, whatever you want to call them are taking on Arkansas State. They're getting three and a half at home. They're plus 140 on the money line. And I like them in all the spots. I think Arkansas State's riding high on that win they got early in the season against a certain Big 12 team. And then on top of that, speaking of Big 12 teams, Baylor, minus three, against West Virginia. And I had this on my first looks. I also have it on my last looks. Because at my first look, I was a little more gung-ho about it. But now I'm a little gun-shy. Because it's Morgantown. And for those of you listeners who don't know about Morgantown, you need to look up Morgantown, West Virginia, and see what you know, crazy, scary sports stuff happens there as far as upsets and letdown spots. Baylor returns enough potent offense 
that they should be able to just do what they need to against West Virginia. West Virginia has a terrible offense and a terrible defense and a brand new coach and a brand new system and this and that and this and that and the third. I think the number six for me, for Baylor. But West Virginia and Morgantown, like I said, it's scary. So another first look of mine, and then I will actually start just kind of rolling into these games on the card in order. UTSA getting 20 and a half. It's up to 20 against UAB. If you listen to the podcast, then you know that I like UAB. This is a lot of a lot of points here. And if you listen to the podcast, you know that I sided with UTSA last week and I backed them and it looked good. So without further ado, what I'm going to do is start breaking down these college games because this is going to be a lengthy episode anyway. So, I mean, if you listen to it, you're going to listen to it once, maybe twice. You're going to break it down for the information you need collegiately, professionally, whatever you need to do. But here I am and here's my voice and we are going to talk about these games. First and foremost, starting off, East Carolina, Georgia State. This game is weird. I locked in Georgia State minus one. It opened at a pick, and now it's Georgia State plus one. So I'm not sure what's going on with there. I'm not not sure where the line movement's coming from. I'm not seeing any main key guys rolled out, to the best of my knowledge. Georgia State can run the ball. East Carolina cannot defend the ball being ran. East Carolina, though, they do like to run the ball, specifically in the first half. So I think where I'm going to kind of look at first on this one, I'm probably going to go ahead and look at the first half under. Because I think both teams are going to try to establish the run. And not to mention, East Carolina's got a lack of a front seven in Georgia State. They're competent at running the ball. They were 12th in the country in 2019, not to mention they're returning most of those guys. I think I figured out why the market did what it did. I think it's because of the bet percentage, which was about 70%. But the money, the money, the amount of money that was still coming on Georgia State was huge. I mean, it was like still, you know, 57%, but I think it was like 68, 69% money on, or I'm sorry, bet percentage on Georgia State. So influx of bets, but not a lot of money or something like that. I don't know. I don't know how the numbers work. Let me double check injuries on this one. I know some guys can be added and, you know, some late information can be put out there. So I don't want to lie to anyone. I typically don't. Try not to.
So the only people I'm seeing is a running back and offensive lineman for East Carolina. Demetrius Mane. Running back depth. He's not their workhorse. They have lots of guys in that backfield they can get going. So I'm looking at that first half under. Spent a lot of time on this game. I know. I'm sorry. We're going to move forward. It's exciting. It's, you know, the American Athletic Conference versus the Fun Belt. Ooh, ooh. I already talked about Baylor, West Virginia. So I'm going to skip over that. I'm going to glance over it. Arkansas State, Coastal Carolina. We all know where I lay. We do. We do. We do. I was able to get Coastal Carolina plus three and a half and plus 135 on the money line. I like it. Then, at 11.30, of course, Central Standard, because my time zone matters and no one else's does. I already talked about UTSA and UAB. Now, here's the thing with UTSA. They had Frank Harris in that quarterback. Look at him as like a Byron Leftwich, okay? Yeah, picture him. That's who was running the offense for UTSA. Senior, game manager, extends the pocket, runs a lot, bigger in size, tries to truck linebackers. Throwing is probably his tertiary option. Now, this kid that they put in to replace him, Mr. Atkins, I think he has a chance to put UAB on the Atkins diet. He slings it a lot more. Picture a Brett Favre with a little bit more vertical prowess. Some throws he made last week after Frank uh, Harris went out was doggone impressive. And I say continue to watch for it to, you know, keep happening. To talk a little bit more about the early kickoffs, we got some ACC action, NC State pit. At first I had a certain glance. At second glance, I changed my glance. And I just don't have conviction in this game, guys. So I'm punting. I want to say back Pittsburgh. Over under 46 and a half. It came down two points from the 48 and a half at the opening mark. I've seen anywhere from 13 and a half to 14 and a half for Pittsburgh as the home favorites. I don't know about this one. I still don't know about this NC State team. So be careful with this one if you're going to play it. Then we'll go ahead and talk about some SEC, which you got to because they're the SEC and they're, you know, the best thing since sliced daisies or however the expression goes. Florida, number three. Not sure how they jumped up that high, but okay. Um, so versus South Carolina, laying 16 and a half points at home over under 57. No opinion, none whatsoever. Look for Kyle Trask to maybe probably have a terrible first half. 
South Carolina. Can't tell you too much about them. They're middling, almost bottom feeders. It'll probably be over by half. I could honestly see a 24-3 score at halftime. But that Trask kid, that Trask kid, he's young. He could make a few mistakes, too, specifically. Now, TCU versus Texas. Texas laying the 10 points at home. Over-under is 63. So this is interesting. This is interesting because we've lost three points on the total. Or we've gained, I should say. It opened at 60. It's at 63. TCU opened as 13-point underdogs. They are 10-point dogs now. I'm trying to draw a correlation between that line... In the total going up three points and TCU losing those three points. An angle I try to take in college football is when there's a high total. And couple that with a lot of points from another team. For example, last week I took the 20 and a half points with Vanderbilt versus Texas A&M because the over-under was set at 43 and a half not a lot of points so therefore if the team that's supposed to cover doesn't score the majority of those points which Texas A&M didn't I think Jimbo Fisher's really overrated since he left Florida State and Texas A&M just don't get me started on them because I'm not talking about them right now but they should have never left the Big 12 but that's for another day Maybe. Probably not. Anyways, TCU, Texas, I don't know. Because that shift in the market's really weird. Those numbers seem fishy. If anything, TCU first half to cover. If you get six, six and a half from the first half from TCU, I, I think that's good. This defense from them, it's, it's a hard-nosed, typical Gary uh, Patterson defense. So... More SEC talk. Mizzou on the road at Tennessee. 12 point dogs on the road over under 49 and a half. It shot up four points from the 45 and a half opener. So if you like the over, you probably missed the best number, which is probably 46, in my opinion. But Mizzou's terrible. So Tennessee could probably score 40. Moving on, talk real briefly about Northern Arkansas. I'm sorry, Northern Arizona and Liberty. Oh, man, I was wrong the two first times. Northern Alabama, sorry, sorry, versus the Liberty Flames. If you've listened to the podcast, which hopefully most of you have, at least twice. Liberty, I don't know if they cover this big number. It is a small, small school. 
in the Northern Alabama Lions. But they play such a grinded out time clock management game that I'm not sure if they're going to cover this big of a number. 31, that's a lot of points for anybody. But like I said, keep liberty in your mind as we get closer to bowl season for your pick and pulls. Love liberty. Gloss over the Abilene Christian Army game just because that doesn't really matter. I'm going to gloss over Memphis and SMU because, well, let's see if Memphis can, you know, put a football team together not full of COVID-19 and see if they can play a freaking game. So, speaking of Texas A&M and that overrated coach they got in Jimbo Fisher, on the road at Bama, getting 17.5 points, over under 53.5 Mm, this is the quote-unquote marquee matchup of college football this weekend. But here's my thing. 17 and a half is a lot for anybody. Maybe not for Nick Saban in Alabama. But truth be told, they still have a brand new quarterback in there figuring stuff out, figuring his chemistry out with these receivers. So if anything, I'm going to look at maybe Texas A&M covering the first half because they have a pretty stingy front seven and aggressive back end play. So if there is one thing that Jimbo Fisher does, it is coach up some decent cornerbacks. So we get the first half covered by uh, Texas A&M, Tamu, if you want to roll with something in this game. Other than that, I have no true opinion. The SEC, it's only their second week, and they're just playing each other pretty much. So it's not like I'm getting all these data points and collecting all this research on SEC teams. I'm not. So I'm not going to try to spit out stuff that I don't have any value or conviction in. So Next, we'll talk about Oklahoma State going on the road to Lawrence, Kansas to take on the Jayhawks. They still have a football team somehow. 23-point road favorite for the Pokes. 54.5 is the over-under, and it has not really moved at all. No opinion here. I'm an Oklahoma State fan. I'll get it out of the way. Um, We actually struggle against KU. One of our former head coaches, Les Miles. Don't know if you heard of the guy. But he's coaching KU. It would suck if Oklahoma State did not perform the way they should have against a team that lost against Coastal Carolina being a Power 5 conference school. That is the Kansas Jayhawks. That's all I got to say about that. Talk a little bit about the South Florida Bulls getting 21 points on the road against Cincinnati. Over-under is 45.5. It's risen two points. From the opener of 43.5. I tried to go against the Cincinnati team last week with Army. Didn't really work out. Army just 
when they get in the bad negative spots, they can't get out because they just run the ball, they run the ball, they run the ball, and then their defense, you know, couldn't tackle anybody. So, you know, I don't know how many plays I watched where they had three guys in the backfield and they should have had the running back or the quarterback down for, you know, minus five yards, minus 12 yards, but it ended up being minus one yard or plus four yards or a 25-yard completion on third and 10. So Army should have covered that game last week, in my opinion. I still hold true to my number, even though it is wrong in hindsight. Doing it all over again, I would have taken the 21 points with Army again. I don't think they were getting that many now that I think about it. It was something like that. Moving on, North Carolina, the Tar Heels, taking on Boston College. North Carolina opened as an 11-point in a hook road favorite. It is up to 14.5. I got it at 13.5 because I did not want that possibility of pushing at 14. And also, I believe that North Carolina is a two-touchdown better team than Boston College. Yes, the Boston College team that literally just had to kick a last-second field goal last week against Texas State. After the first week, I thought Boston College was making steps and bounds and all that good stuff. They got rid of that old coach who ran the ball 55 times a game and played the same base defense. Week one, they looked exciting and fresh. They had a different offense. They got a quarterback transferred in from Notre Dame, if I'm not mistaken. A former four-star recruit. But it all came back to earth last week. So I'm in no spot to back Boston College here. I have a futures ticket on Sam Howell, the quarterback of UNC, to be my dark horse winner. I had a futures ticket on Joe Burrow after the first two weeks last year. I got him to, you know, pay out, you know, 62 to 1 odds to win the Heisman. I got Sam Howell right around 5,000, plus 5,000, so 50 to 1. That's where I'm looking. And I think this is where it starts for Sam Howe. He takes care of business like he should against Boston College. <laughs> Start ACC playoff right. Take care of a 2-0 and quote-unquote team. I think they should be 1-1 because they should have lost that game to Texas State. But hey, you take care of the people you gotta and you beat the hard, tough opponents and you find yourself as a Heisman finalist from time to time. Then, we've got some other games to talk about. There's always games to talk about. That's how it goes. Texas Tech, Kansas State, Big 12 matchup. Only thing I'm going to say about this one is take Texas Tech on the money line. No real data. No real numbers. Nothing to really back me up here, guys, and I apologize, but it's more of a gut thing. When you know sports, you know sports, and you should always have conviction in what you know or what you think you know. 
the truth of the matter and the important part is you've got to have conviction. I know that I've watched probably more Big 12 football than most of you listening. I grew up in it. I grew up in this area in Oklahoma, Midwest. I moved up to Kansas. I lived in Missouri. I was in Kansas City. I've seen my fair share of Big 12 sports. Take Texas Tech on the money line. It opened at plus 140. They're down to plus 110. I got a feeling. I got a feeling. Home favorite, K-State. Going to be in a letdown spot after beating OU last week. So that's my general prognosis. Got a few more of these college games to talk about. Then we'll talk some of the professionals. Make sure I get my kickoff times in order here. I don't want to send you all over the card. I'm talking about the 2.30 games right now. That was the last of them. Let's roll into the 3 o'clockers. Again, Central Standard Time because my time zone is the only one that matters. Vatek. And that defense, boy, oh boy, you know, that defense is still just doing it. They look great. They're aggressive. They got ball hawks. Pressure up front. Not to mention they have a capable and competent offense. Not saying they're explosive. I'm saying that they will do what they need to to win games that they should and more than likely cover. Duke, they have the same old head coach they've had for the last 17 years or so. Fact check me. Let me know if I'm wrong. He's trying a new offense. Through the first four weeks, it's mm, no, Mr. Cutcliffe, no. So I'm looking at maybe backing Virginia Tech here at 12 and a half as the road favorite. It opened at nine and a half, so I'm purely just kind of looking at this in a chasing steam move. And my eyes. I watched this Virginia Tech team last week. Granted, granted, it was against an inferior foe, but they took care of business the way they should against NC State. Another 3 o'clock game we can discuss, if you want. Well, you really don't have any option. Because at this point in time, I'm recording this podcast. One of my favorite 3 o'clock games, and it's just because I'm excited to, you know, share with people how terrible Florida State is. If you're listening to this podcast and you're a five-star football recruit, do not go play football in Tallahassee. 
Because they're just going to develop you backwards and you're going to become a two-star. And then you're going to have to transfer to a place like Miami of Ohio or ULL, which there's nothing wrong with that. The fact of the matter is Florida State is garbage. One of my least favorite teams in college football. They're freaking garbage. I don't know how many five-star recruits this program's had in the last five years. I think they're second in the NCAA, second or third. But yet they can't keep a coach. They can't win more than seven games. Losing their opener to Georgia Tech, who has the youngest team in all of college football. Their quarterback's a senior. Blackman. What? What? You're telling me he can't make competent decisions at least once or twice through a game? Come on. So, yes, I'm taking the 26 and a half points with Jacksonville State. Truth be told, Florida State could probably freaking lose this game. They're terrible. Don't get me started on them. But do at me. If you want to at me, then do it. Because these guys are just garbage. Garbage. Ooh, sorry. Got me off on a little tangent there. I just, they used to have one of the most prestigious programs. They used to have one of the most historical head coaches running this thing. Now look at it. It's terrible. I feel like Charles Barkley over here. Terrible. Moving on to a much more exciting game. Charlotte, the 49ers getting six and a half on the road against Florida Atlantic. That's right, the Owls. For those of you who did not know, that's what their mascot was. I like this to go under. I like it to go under 59 and a half. It opened at 59. It fluttered. It went up. It went down. Now it's at 60 and a half. This is FAU's first game for the season, just so you know, folks. Not to mention, Charlotte has a pretty underrated front seven. Lane Kiffin is no longer the coach at Florida Atlantic. Willie Taggart is. Guess where he came from? Florida State, because he couldn't get it done in one and a half seasons like the Florida State boosters and fan base expected him to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just another Florida State tangent. If you're a Florida State fan, this is not a podcast for you. I'm sorry. Get on out. I'm kidding. Don't do that. I'll be nice. Um... Yeah, so go ahead and give me the under. Front seven of Charlotte's underrated. Florida Atlantic's a pretty good running team. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. And it's their first game of the season, like I said. You know, their season got delayed and delayed and delayed, so they're going to be out of sync. I don't trust Charlotte's offense. So I don't think they're going to have a lot of success moving the ball. So go ahead and give me that under. Almost lied to you. Give me that under. Give me the under. Make sure I don't have any more three o'clock kickoffs here to talk about before I move to the next slate of games. Here we go. There's one last three o'clock game. Ole Miss on the road, getting seven points against Kentucky. Over under opened at 56 and a half. It's gone up almost a full touchdown up to 62 and a half. That's a lot of points. That's a big jump. I don't know if I can chase that much steam. But at first looks, at first looks, I did think it was a little auspicious that Mississippi was getting seven points against the Kentucky team who looked like pretty bad boo-boo garbage in week one. They are week one last week. Ole Miss? They were kind of hanging in there with Florida, you know, punch here, punch there. They were taking big shots. They were getting plays down the field. They just couldn't get any stops. Florida was getting the best of them in that regard. Kentucky's not Florida. Kentucky shouldn't be favored by this much. My number's four. Ole Miss, I was just talking about Lane Kiffin. Guess who coaches this team? Mm. Yep, that is him. Kentucky's had, I think, the same 
coach for a very long while now, unless they replaced Mike Stoops this offseason. I don't recall that they did. But I can't stay on top of every coaching carousel move. If Mike Stoops is the head coach still, I believe Ole Miss has the significant advantage in coaching. Say what you want about Lane Kiffin. Look what he did at his one year at Florida Atlantic. He literally just went down there to win the Conference USA Championship and then deuce out to get another job within the SEC programs. So Mark Stoops, I said Mike. Mark Stoops is the coach of Kentucky. Terrible coach. He had a couple good years, but he no longer has Benny Snell to rely on as a 30-touch power back. He's in Pittsburgh. Not really doing too much. So yeah, coaching advantage to the Rebels. Offensive advantage to the Rebels. Maybe look for Mississippi, or almost a Mississippi State. Ole Miss to be up by the half. Let's move on. I spent way too much time on that game. I got to speed it up here, guys. It's almost my bedtime. After the three o'clock games, we have four o'clock games. Funny how that works in order, right? Western Kentucky, Miss Middle Tennessee State, Middle Tennessee State at home getting the full touchdown on the mm, spread. 52 and a half is the over-under. Opened at 51 and a half. I went ahead and just went Middle Tennessee State plus a seven here. I tried to bet against them last week. But their offense looked good. The offense looked good. And that's why I bet against them last week is because before that, their offense did not look good. And of course, of course, of course. But that's sports betting. That's why it is fun and exciting. Talk a couple other games. Navy Air Force, I'm not going to talk about. Service Academy games are so weird and hard, but, you know, not to take away my appreciation and understanding of those service academies and what they do for us. Thank you for the service to the service academies. They're just not fun to handicap. <laughs> I'll be, I'm just being real here, guys. That's what you get. You get realness, you get unfiltered and unadulterated access. Sometimes. So you got to keep the, the curtain pulled, you know, up a little bit. Georgia Southern, University of Louisiana Monroe. It's a 20 and a half point game. Right now on the spread, Georgia Southern is the road favorite. It opened at 15 and a half. Lots of steam. 49 is the over-under. Opened at 47. No opinion. This is a fun belt matchup. 
Fun belt, sun belt. Speaking of, daggone COVID. Man, best football game of the weekend was going to be Appalachian State versus University of Louisiana Lafayette, the raging freaking Cajuns. But now I don't get to watch my fun belt game of the week. College football game of the week. Those two teams duped it out more than twice last year. They played each other three times. Appalachian State took care of business. But it was a tough fought battle. So I was looking forward to this matchup. Man, I don't get it now. Thank you, 2020. To pull off the emotional strings a little bit to get into a different game, let's talk about Arkansas and Mississippi State. It'll be a little, you know, lighthearted, more fun game with Mr. Mike Leach, aka best coach in college football, aka. Ah, uh, that's about it. That's yeah. Sorry, I, I I ran out of stuff off the top of my head. I will say, if you don't follow Mike Leach on Twitter, you definitely need to. If you need ideas for dad jokes. Mike Leach has got your back. The guy's hilarious. He's the goat of Twitter. And it's hands down. Hands down. Anyways, Arkansas plus 17 is really enticing. 68 and a half. It's gone up to 68 and a half from the 64 opening line. 17 really has not moved. I like the first half under. Because if you remember, I think Arkansas was up so five to three. <laughs> there was like 10 or 11 total points scored in the first half of their game against uh, LSU last week. So, yeah, Mississippi State, watch out. They're going to score some points. Tulsa, UCF, this is an interesting one. I don't think Tulsa hangs with the Golden Knights for the full game, so that plus 21, not so enticing. But where I am looking, I was looking at some first quarter, first half stuff for this game. UCF gets off to a slow start. I kind of worried about it a little bit last week when they were playing Eastern Carolina, but then about you know, halfway through the second quarter, going into the first part of the second half, they looked like a different team and they were explosive and they were getting the ball where they needed to get it at will. So I might look at a first quarter money line play for Tulsa. They have an underrated defense. They do. They do. They do. Looking at Tulsa covering the first half spread, but also maybe being up after the first quarter. I think you can get, you know, plus. Let's see what it is. Plus 300 on the money line for them to win in the first quarter. Yeah. Why not? A couple of shekels. A couple of pounds. Pennies. Clams. Whatever they call them. So we talked about that exciting American Athletic Conference matchup. 
time to bounce back to the Big 12. Oklahoma on the road in Ames, Iowa. Another weird place where weird stuff happens with sports and sports upsets. Iowa State getting seven and a half at home. This line opened at ten and a half. It's gone down. It's at 63 and a half, which is a point up of the 62 and a half opener. I took the Cyclones plus seven and a half. They beat OU last year. Same coach, same quarterback, same skill position players for the most part. Look for the Cyclones to cover. Then, what's going to be deemed the marquee matchup of the night since Appalachian State and University of Louisiana, Lafayette is not happening. You got Auburn getting seven and a half points on the road versus Georgia in Athens, 43 and a half up from the 43 opener on that over under. Give me Auburn plus seven. Auburn plus seven. Maybe even Auburn to be up at the first half, at the end of the first half. Look at how terrible Georgia looked against Arkansas in the first half. Granted, the better team stood out in the second half. And they just obliterated Arkansas in the second half. So my thinking, Auburn's a better team. Auburn is way better at football than Arkansas. That's just the nitty-gritty of it. If you disagree with me, I would love to hear your takes. Please at me. So, going to go ahead and take the points with Auburn. I'd like them to maybe be up at the end of the half. More SEC, LSU on the road, laying 21 points to Vanderbilt. Over under 50 and a half. It's gone down from the 52. All right, so here's one of those low totals, okay? Right around 50. I'd be more comfortable with it under 50. But right here at 50, 50 and a half, Vanderbilt getting 20 to 21 points. I locked in the 20. I didn't want to lose it under the 20. Low total, home dog, 20 points against LSU, who just looked like dog doo-doo against Mississippi State. Miles Brennan, that new quarterback, still has a lot of stuff to figure out. There was a couple injuries to big guys this week they were concerned about. This LSU team, I don't know. I don't think Ed Ogeron's got, got their full attention like he did last year. There's a lot of NFL-bound talent on that team last year. And I think those kids were just a different breed. This is a very disappointing LSU team this year. I say at one point in the season, they probably drop out of their rankings. They probably finish with four losses. And it's just, you know, they're back to being the little brother of Alabama and the big, you know, football conference that is the SEC. Now, get out of the SEC Talk about some Conference USA. North Texas hosting Southern Mississippi. North Texas, minus one and a half point favorites. I locked them in at minus two and a half. 
So it's actually dropped. Uh-oh. Not sure uh, how I feel about that. Seventy-two is the total as of right now. It has not really moved. I would say go over because North Texas will probably score forty-five to fifty points on USM. Chugging on along, we're gonna talk about Virginia and Clemson, which I did that a little bit earlier in the week, as well as on the episode with Ira uh, and Russ. But like I said, Virginia's returning so many important pieces that offensive line a couple wide receivers running back depth front seven on defense some secondary guys i think that they can do enough to cover the 28 points against the number one team in the country sure call it chalk oh you're taking 28 points Yeah, well, I've taken 28 points in the past and not hit, so foo-foo on you. And me, if I miss. So that game, you know, that'll, you know, it's a rematch of last year's ACC championship. Now, if I remember right, Virginia didn't cover that game, but they got there. They know how to get there. Bronco Mendenhall, I think, is one of the most underrated college football coaches in college football. So, look for Clemson to win, but look for Virginia to cover 28 points. It's a lot. With a defense in front seven like Virginia's. I'm a sucker for front sevens. I'm starting to realize that. I bring up front sevens a lot. I just love good linebacking play. It's so just good, you know? Makes you feel good. When you see good linebacking play, it makes you realize and know that you are watching some good football. Going to do the professional a little bit more briefly, a little more expeditedly. Talked about pretty much all these games today with Russ and Ira, but again, New market stuff comes out between then and now. And I just, you know, I want you to hear my voice, guys and gals, whoever's listening. I ain't, you know, one to judge. So, real quickly, Seattle, Miami. I took the over 54 and a half on that one. Minus five and a half for the Seahawks. It was six and a half as the road favorites. So, still just kind of sticking with the over number, no true side opinion. Arizona, Carolina, over 52. Right now it's three and a half, hasn't moved. 51 and a half has moved up a hook from the opener of 51. Like I said, I got the 52, so it went up, came back down. It'll probably make its way back up, would be my guess back to the 52, maybe 52 and a half. Los Angeles Chargers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am looking at the under 45 in this. It's at 42 and a half now. It opened at 45 and a half. Plus seven to the Chargers. My thinking is we got a rookie quarterback on one side. And then we also have a 40-year-old quarterback on the other side. 
We have solid front sevens with both defenses. Decent cornerback play on both defenses. Tampa Bay has a really solid run defense. And, uh, yeah, why not? I'm going to take the under. I think it's a good idea. Minnesota and Houston. I don't know how or why Houston is this bad. I mean, I do. It's because of freaking Bill O'Brien. But on the flip side, Mike Zimmer needs to leave Minnesota. He's too old. He's not changing his philosophies with the new age players and this, that, this, that. But I can't believe I found this number. It was almost insulting to the Texans. Not to mention that freaking Minnesota defense is garbage. Garbage. That's garbage. First half team total over 13 and a half for the Texans. You're telling me they aren't going to score two first half touchdowns against this crap Minnesota defense? They have no pass rush. They have all rookies in the back end pretty much. And most of them are hurt. Their linebackers are shot and washed up. They lost, you know, Anthony Barr, their best player on defense, in my opinion, before the season started. They lost Everson Griffin in the offseason, so there goes some of their pass rush. They lost a couple different corners that they replaced with rookies. Houston team total over 13.5 in the first half. Seems like it's just easy money. I don't think the Texans can cover a full game, but what about a team total over in the first half versus suspect defense? TBD. Listen to the next episode of Today in Sports Betting. Guys, before I break down the last few games of these NFL slate, let me go ahead and just talk about mybookie.ag, our other presenting sponsor within the show. They make the show happen. We love it. We love them. We love you, and we love giving you a promo code to use with them. That promo code is HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-O. You use it at mybookie.ag. You're going to get a 100% match on your initial deposit. Then you get free. I said free. You get a free $10 to spend on MLB bets. Put it on some futures. (laughs) The World Series and stuff. I lost a couple of those today. That stinks. Cincinnati, bye-bye. Cubs, bye-bye. White Sox, gone. So, yeah. Not to dwell, but... MyBookie.ag. Bet, win, get paid. Use HoopBall code. (laughs) Sorry. Use promo code HoopBall. Use HoopBall is the promo code, I think is what I was trying to say. Like I said, I'm pushing... One something in the morning here, guys. So bear with me. Rest of these NFL games, we'll just kind of go through, like I said, quickly. New Orleans, Detroit, I've got the minus four. 
with the Saints, it's at three and a half. Now that Michael Thomas is officially out, three and a half, four, same thing. You know, over under 54, dropped two points from the 56, obviously because of Michael Thomas being out. We knew he was going to be out, but for some reason, Vegas just can't put a number out there that's speculative or common sense based. So, Jacksonville, Cincinnati. I am going to go ahead and take those three points with Jacksonville. It's down to two and a half, but I was able to snag my three. And I'm going over 48. It's up to 49 and a half. That's where I stand with that. Joe Burrow, Minshew Magic, just slinging it against each other. Back and forth. Make sure I don't have any other noon kicks here. Yeah, I do. Cleveland, Dallas, the Cleveland Steamers. Versus the Dallas. No, man. I'll be nice. I'll be nice. Bad division, though. Holy crap. The Eagles don't even have a win, and they're a half game out of first place. Wow. Cleveland does not beat good teams, but there is a new coach in town. So maybe they're not the same old Browns. Four and a half right now for the Cowboys. It opened four over under 56. It opened at 54. If you're going to do anything, I think it's probably going to be first half over or full game over with how much passing attack Dallas renders and allows. Baltimore-Washington, complete stay-away game for me. Yuck. Indy-Chicago. I already said Chicago was one of my favorite dogs on the... Actually, this is they are my dog of the week. On the money line, plus 135, plus three points at home. It's the Nick Foles era, baby. It's Nick Foles. And it's folding out. They're folding out the Nick Foles era. Philly getting seven points against the busted upper 49ers. Over under 45 and a half hasn't really moved from that opening line. But here's what's interesting. The Eagles, since the opening line of plus three, have gained four more points. So it's at plus seven for the Eagles on the road and uh, going on the road to San, San Fran. This one's weird. This one's weird. The total hasn't moved, but yet the spread has moved so, so much. I think it's just a little too fishy for me to really enjoy. I'll keep an eye on it just because I want to see if my fishy radar was right. Giants, Rams, Giants getting 13 and a half. I took the over 48 and a half. It's at 48 right now. Opened at 47. I think the Rams are going to do whatever they want. They're going to get the passing game going early. They're going to be able to go with Malcolm Brown or Daryl Henderson. 
late in the second half, late in the first half. The Giants are just really terrible. This, again, it's a franchise that, oh, they, they, oh man, they, they just shouldn't be. They shouldn't be this bad. They knew Eli was going to retire for a long time. So for the fact that they didn't uh, address the need sooner, you know, with like uh, a Patrick Mahomes, but they waited a couple years later to get a quarterback that their, you know, owner really liked for some reason. Whatever. New England on the road in Kansas City at Arrowhead. I'm going to go ahead and take the seven points for New England. We talked about this one a lot on the podcast. It's the Cam Newtingland Patriots. Guys, he's going to run all over the Chiefs. He's going to have at least 70 yards rushing. I'm calling my shot. At least 70 yards rushing, and I'm going to say at least 200 passing yards. He's going to have 13 pass attempts at least and 13 rushing attempts at least, I think. Just spitballing here. That's what we do. Buffalo, minus two and a half. I locked it in. Like I said, that line came out, and immediately I hammered it. It's at three or three and a half in certain shops. 53 is the total. It's gone up from 49 and a half. I think if you want, you can maybe wait and see what kind of number you get for the second half over because the Baltimore, whoa, sorry, the Buffalo Bills, the Baltimore Bills, that'd be weird. The Buffalo Bills allow a lot of second half points. See Rams game from last week and the week before that where they played another team and allowed a bunch of points in the second half. Then, for Sunday night football. That's right, Sunday night football. I already talked about Sunday night football. Sorry, guys, I got out of order. That was Philly and San Fran. Monday night football. The Atlanta Falcons taking on Green Bay. Over-unders 58 is where I locked it in. It's gone up and down. It was 57 and a half. It went up. I got it at 58. It's gone back down to 56 and a half, probably because there wasn't good news on the Julio Jones and Devonta Adams front. Again, I don't know why... Vegas doesn't set lines when we know. I could have told you that Devonta Adams was going to be out this week. I could have told you that last week. So I'm taking over 58. I don't care that they're going to be missing a couple guys. If I will say one thing, it is the fact that the Falcons have a pretty good offense. If I'm going to be optimistic here. So, yeah. Falcons Packers to wrap it up on Monday night. Got some uh, fantasy guys I'm going to be looking out for. See what happens. But other than that, 
other than that, you guys know how it goes. You follow me. I interact with you. And that is at D-A-L-E-007 on Twitter or at Hootball Gaming or at Hootball Tweets or Hootball Fantasy. You just hit me up on any of those. DM, call me out publicly, whatever you want to do. I'm here for the banter. I'm here for the criticism. I am here for all of it. All of it, guys. All the new listeners, it's great. I love it. Can't believe that we're growing the way we are. It's just been exponentially phenomenal. And I hope it continues because it's fun. And I enjoy doing this for you guys. I enjoy breaking down multiple college football games that no one else cares about. It it really just, I, I love it. You know, it's like a drug for me, to be honest, guys. So thank you for enabling. <laughs> Anyways, I think it's about time to wrap this up. I'm sleepy. I need to wake up early so I don't miss any of the pregame news for any of the college football. Again, you know where to find me, but if you don't, it is at D-A-L-E-007 on Twitter or at Hoopball Gaming. And again, this is a hoop-ball.com presentation, a part of the Hoopball family. We're all in here, and it's all love, guys. You understand how it goes. You know how I am. You know how Ira is. Speaking of which, you know, he's at Ira Silver Magic on Twitter. His in-game live betting stuff is phenomenal. you got to stay in touch with him. So, it's just fun to bounce stuff off of listeners, too. If I'm looking at a line and uh, I got a few people that interact with me and say they're on this part of the agenda, then it, it kind of it'll help me kind of refocus and make sure my conviction is where it needs to be. Again, this podcast was recorded on a late, late, late Friday evening morning thing in order for you to have it early, early Saturday morning and early, early Sunday morning so you can listen to it back for college, for professional. So with that being said, guys, I am going to wrap it up here instead of rambling on further. I appreciate it. I love you all. Hope to hear from all of you one day in person. You know, y'all just line up and come talk to me. That'd be awesome. So until that happens, you know where to find me, at D-A-L-E-007 on Twitter. And on this podcast, listen, subscribe, like, love, whatever you can do on all those platforms. If you're on Apple, if you're on Google Play, please, please, please leave a five-star review. Please, it would mean the world for us. Apparently, that's how you get up into that search algorithm. You know, we want to be one of the top shows that pops up for sports betting when people look it up. So let's make that happen because that would be phenomenal and I would be eternally in debt to you forever so hoop ballers thank you again for tolerating the banner the rambling and just the full-on friday night talks about college football look for my page write-ups tomorrow i'm going to probably write up you know five six seven pages of stuff on you know a couple different games keep an eye out on those in-game bets wagers all that fun stuff once again 
This is Devin Ellington, signing off for Hootball Gaming. Until next time, be safe, have fun, play some bets, and cheers. Happy weekend, folks. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.